welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom, and coming up on the show, we're going to talk about something that I think society is really lacking. I think it's something that we are missing out on, and I think it's really causing issues with a toxic culture that we kind of are enduring these days. And that is self-control, or maybe you call it self-discipline, or maybe it's self-regulation. Whatever word you want to put on it, basically it's controlling yourself. Now, I'm 1,000%, I know it's been this way, but I'm 1,000% convinced that Twitter is the most toxic place in the entire world right now. TikTok is probably second, Facebook probably third, and then goes from there. So what do I mean by that? Well, when you take a look at our lack of self-control and we take a look at social media, you can see how the toxicity of a place like Twitter or even TikTok can flourish. I mean, think about it. Self-control. So over the last couple of years, social media has really escalated in a lot of areas. It's escalated in the amount of use I think people were participating in, especially during the lockdown, especially with TikTok. It became the number one social media app, surpassing all the others, including Instagram. Then also you have people that are now jumping on there, expressing every single opinion. And let's start with TikTok, for example. So somebody posts a video. Then there's a lot of comments and reactions to it, depending on what it says or what the video is promoting or whatever the person posts. Now, a lot of times, let's say it's a a parent. A parent posts something on social media. Well, a lot of people don't like the way that parent is maybe parenting in that video, and so there's all kinds of comments. Good comments, possibly. A lot of bad, a lot of hateful. Why? Why do you feel it necessary to post that stuff? And then, of course, the person receiving the negative comments turns around and adds another post or another video responding to it, having to explain their situation. So I never really understood why people cared so much what a stranger thought of them, but I guess in the world of social media, it's there. And then Twitter, of course, is the cesspool of toxicity when it comes to social media. So recently, well, just, yeah, just recently, we got uh, news or news was released that Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas was sick in the hospital, flu-like conditions. So scrolling through Twitter, which I don't do a lot. I've done it a little bit more just because there's a lot more going on in the world, and I'm curious as to how people think and what they're thinking. Not that I really care, but it's a, it gives us a litmus test of what society is like, and that's what I use it for. And there were people, liberal-minded people, actually wishing and hoping that Clarence Thomas dies from his illness so that then President Biden can nominate another Supreme Court justice. I mean, how toxic does it have to be? What kind of person, what kind of heart does a person have 
where you wish someone death. And of course, the comments go back and forth. Now, we experienced this, obviously, the last couple of years with all the masks and the vaccine mandates and the pros and cons and the going back and forth and the lockdowns. And it started for me with uh, Facebook, a lot of people not liking the stuff I posted on Facebook. And so they would just come after you. And again, I had many people tell me that they hope I get COVID and die. Why? Why would you do that? Why would you wish someone to get something and die? I mean, that's just, what kind of heart again? Goes back to the heart. What kind of heart? And then, of course, you have to click on the keyboard and fire something back. And, and Twitter is the hot spot for that. You see somebody post something. And, of course, everybody's still obsessed with the former president. But you see a lot of people posting and then the knee-jerk reactions that go to it. Someone might actually post something that is absolutely true about the current political climate in society, about the current administration, and yet people will fire off trying to bring down that person. And it's not factual. It's not debatable. It's personal, personal attacks. And so, you know, we need to sit there and think about the self-control that we're dealing with, self-control, self-discipline, not to fire back, not to sit there and think of the first thing that comes to mind, write it down and hit send. Pat O'Brien was a celebrity. I guess he's still a celebrity, but he was a part of CBS Sports for a long time. Then I think he went to Entertainment Tonight or something like that, and he had a radio show for a while. And one of the things that he kept getting caught up in was sending emails or maybe voicemails to people, and they weren't very good. And so the rule became kind of like the Pat O'Brien rule, especially with emails, count to 10 before you hit send. I think we need to get back to that. And I think a lot of you, and myself included, but I've dialed it back a little bit because I really don't spend a whole lot of time on social media uh, as much as I used to. And I think people that follow me know that, they realize that. But one of the things that we need to do is count to 10. Just because you see something that you don't like or disagree with, you really have to fire back something so toxic, so negative, so hateful. Why? Had a conversation on social media uh, recently, and it had to deal with the uh, influencers of TikTok that the White House would, I guess, get briefings to, and then they would go. I made the comment that, you know, I don't really want to get my news from people who are dancing half naked in their videos, which is all TikTok has really become unless somehow I've gotten on some weird version of TikTok. But that's what a lot of what comes up on my feed, and I don't even like that stuff. I don't even like, you know, they say that if you watch a video of an animal, let's say a puppy, a dog, and you hit like, then the algorithm tends to send you, right, those videos, things that you're engaged with. You know, I probably don't get much action on there, and the only thing I put on there is my the show stuff, Two Steps Ahead podcast stuff. Um, but I probably don't get a whole lot of traction because I don't watch all the videos all the way through. That's like taboo, I guess. And I don't comment a whole lot. And, you know, I'm just looking for a nugget or two here or there of people that I follow. And it's hard to come up with uh, that because there's just so much stuff on there. But all it is is a bunch of half-naked people dancing around. And so when I hear something like social media influencers sharing White House press briefings, that's the first thing that comes to mind. I don't want my news from half-naked people dancing around. So someone challenged me on that, said I was stereotyping. Stereotypes are true for a reason. Um, maybe not all the way, but they're there for a reason. And then the conversation kind of went off in, in different 
different avenues. I took a different approach to it, too. I wasn't confrontational. Simply responded back, didn't engage a whole lot, let a couple days go by and then posted something in the response and kind of went about it differently. Because one, you're not going to prove your point or make your point, have the other person believe you on social media. I had that happen one time and that was uh, with Obamacare and Congress not or allowing themselves to opt out of it. Anyways, and so um, so I had this conversation. And so as I started to think about all this and I look at all the stuff that's being posted, I bet you like 65, 70, 75% of it is all negative. What kind of environment are we in when that's when we're dealing with? And you start to think about it. You start to realize that in this day and age, you've got a couple things going. You've got feelings. We're all about feelings now. We're like the softest society ever because everything is based on feelings. Can't hurt someone's feelings. We have to accept whatever it is that they're going through, even though it might be something that they should suck it up and just get on with life. Life's tough. No one promised you a rose garden. The other thing, I mean, I think back to, uh, you know, Simone Biles at the Olympics, mental health issues. I understand that. But then everyone was like praising her for bowing out of the Olympics and then coming back. Well, the flip side of that is she let her team down. Others had the opportunity then to step up and perform. So they made the most of it. But you can't just always just kowtow to someone. Or how about that tennis player? I forget her name offhand. Should have looked it up probably, but just came to mind. That tennis player that I guess was uh, being heckled, was it in Paris at the BNP, Paris Open or Paris Tournament? And she had a, a meltdown because she was being heckled and she was like at one time, if not currently, the number one tennis player in the world. And you're going to have a meltdown because someone said you sucked. But you've got feelings. You've got facts. Things are factual. You may not like the fact that the fact is the fact. And I'm talking about truth. I'm talking about absolutes. And then you've got a mind to reason and to have common sense and to figure it all out. And a lot of people don't have common sense. You talk to people, you realize they do not have common sense. They don't have reason. People can't reason. They don't know how to reason. They just believe everything they're told. Or if they believe everything they told and they're a liberal, then they're just going to go against somebody who is conservative just based on the fact of their stance, their ideology. Same on the other side. Although the other side, I think conservatives are a little bit more open because, again, you're a little bit more about choice as far as masks, vaccines, choice. Well, the other side is more, no, you need to do it or else, or else you get COVID and die, and we hope you do. But it's a mindset. It's a mindset factor that we're dealing with when it comes to self-control. So if we're going to have self-control, And we're going to count to 10 before we hit send. And we're not going to sit there and get so amped up over some meaningless tweet about some anonymous person that we don't even know. And you're going to sit there. Now, there may be some public figures. There may be some people out there, maybe some politicians that you want to clap back on. That's a little bit more understandable. You want to push back on things or maybe have a conversation about it or Maybe you just don't like a celebrity, or maybe you think a celebrity got snubbed at the Oscars, whatever. So there are reasons and places that, you know, can be entertaining and fun to kind of engage, but you can do it in a manner that's respectful, and we'll get to all that. But if you post something and some stranger, somebody you've never met, somebody like, really, who cares what they have to say? A perfect stranger is going to influence me and get me 
so that I want to sit there and type back something and engage in this back and forth of hatred and toxicity? Why? Who cares what they say? Now, if it's someone you know, obviously that's a different story. I'm just talking about in general. You know, Twitter is like the big, although we have names and stuff, but it's the biggest anonymous place where people post every inane thought. And a lot of it's there just to strike you up, to get you going, to hit that flint and the fire gets raging. But if we have self-control and we pause, it's okay, why is this getting me upset? Or, you know, I'm not going to fire back because who cares what they have to say? Or some other thing, we get to our mindset and then the mindset is what takes over our feelings, and the mindset then dictates how we respond. Your mind has to be stronger than your feelings. Think about every poor decision you've made in your life. There was more emotion that was involved in it than there was mind. Every single one of them. Your feelings keep you in bed. Your mind tells you, get up. Do you feel like getting up? No. Do you feel like making that cold call? No, you don't. Do you feel like doing that third set of reps? No, you don't. If you can't control your own brain and your brain controls you, you're f***ed. You got to tell your brain where you want to go and how you want to go and how you want to get there. See, it's easy to be on the bottom. It doesn't take any effort to be a loser. It doesn't take any motivation, any drive in order to stay down there on a low level. But it calls on everything in you, ladies and gentlemen. You have to harness your will to say, I'm going to challenge myself. Sometimes I have to pull myself out of bed and say, come on, let's. Things I know I should do, I don't do. Things I shouldn't do, I do. I found that the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself. If you do what is easy, your life will be hard. But if you do what is hard, your life will be easy. It's easy to be a loser in life. It's easy to have a quick response, to fire back. Now, the clip talks about a lot of different things when it comes to self-control, self-discipline. It's talking about getting up out of bed, being successful. It's talking about, you know, going the extra mile, not getting outworked by your opponent or your competition. So there's a lot into self-control and self-discipline. It's a broad-spectrum thing. But I want to focus in still a little bit on our emotions, our responses. Because, again, you've got mind over feelings. If someone upsets you, what do you do? And the mindset. We talk about mindset on the show all the time. Do you have the right mindset? You have to be prepared for this. You know, we talk about practicing things. You know, we talked about the practice of forgiveness. We talk about the practice of behavior. You have to practice it. You have to condition yourself to it because naturally our human instinct is to crack back and to fire back and to get mad and get upset. But if we have a mindset of, I'm going to think this through, I'm going to use some common sense, some rationale. I'm going to have my decisions based on facts. I'm going to have my decisions based on things that aren't necessarily just a knee-jerk reaction of feelings. Of course, your feelings and emotions are going to be involved in it. But it also goes back to your heart as well. And the mind controls all that. You know, mind over matter or the heart wants what the heart wants. You know, we get into a relationship and we're like, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but the heart wants what the heart wants, right? 
And so we're thinking with our heart or thinking with our brain. Two different things. Emotions versus common sense, logic, and reason. You get two different responses. And think about it. Think about for a minute the gravity of the different decisions that are made with our emotions, wearing our heart on a sleeve, or with our mind. And then what state are we in? Usually with emotion, we're in a heightened state. Could be a heightened state of anger, a heightened state of love, a heightened state of craziness, being hyper, or our mind, we're controlled. We've already predetermined our responses. Nobody's going to get me upset based on a response they put on Twitter. Random person from who knows where that I don't even know responds. I'm not going to get upset. So by controlling our mind, we can control our feelings. You have to harness your will is what it comes down to. What's our will going to be? Is our will going to be to lash back, lose self-control, lose self-discipline? Are we going to have self-control, self-discipline? If you do what it what is easy, so if you do what is easy, if you do what is easy, life will be hard. If you do what is hard, life will be easy. So think about that. If we do what is easy, let's say we fire back on a, a tweet or a response on TikTok or any number of things. Maybe somebody writes an email in the office or somebody says something in a meeting and we're quick to respond. And then that causes problems for us because of something we said. And now we have to have more meetings. And, or maybe somebody said something, and now we all have to go through different types of uh, uh, other meetings and stuff, you know, and training. We have to do different types of you know, sensitivity training and stuff because somebody said something. But if we took the hard approach, had self-discipline, self-control, we don't endure those things because we're under control. You know, the other thing that's kind of fascinating about social media, if you think about it, okay, in 2004, I saw this video. Somebody asked Vanilla Ice, which I find interesting because, you know, Vanilla Ice was a guy that obviously had the song Ice Ice Baby. He got in trouble with some sampling. He then, uh, after his music career, he's had a successful, I guess, construction business where they've kind of redone homes down in Florida, had a TV show. I guess he got either him or some people that he worked for got into some trouble, possibly allegedly stealing some stuff from other construction sites. So he's had, you know, a past who doesn't, but he's also had some brilliance in him. He was on that uh, VH1, I think it was the surreal life, a little bit of insight into who he really was. But recently he came out, someone asked him, you know, when was the last great, generation or decade of creativity and things coming out and people making an impact on society. And he said it was the 90s. The 90s was probably the last decade that you had this really great decade of creativity, ideas flowing, things like that. And he says, because in 2004, the iPhone came out. And all of a sudden now everything is here. We're occupied by a device. A few inches in front of us, sitting there, Thumbs going, or maybe a one-finger person. And if you think about that, how much time do you spend? 
I know I spend some time on, on my phone, but I also do other things. But think about it. Where are we investing our time? We only have 24 hours in a day. How much of that are we putting on our phone? And he went on to say that that's why there's no more creativity, really. I mean, you think about TikTok, all it is is somebody starts a trend and everybody repeats it, or you're a lip syncer. Now, there's some cool stuff on there, and there's some creative stuff, obviously, and it's a vastness like YouTube of content. But again, a lot of it's just repeating what other people do. No real creativity. Every once in a while, you get a stroke of genius and something's on there. But that's what he said. He said that the 90s was the last great decade of anything being created as far as arts, creativity, entertainment, things like that. Because then the iPhone came out and that stunted our creativity because now everything was on the phone. And so when you look at social media that way, over the years, maybe you were on MySpace, were you friends with Tom? And then maybe you went to Facebook and then all the other apps that came. But what if social media was a little different? What if we looked at it differently through the perspective of this? Did you know the average person spends four years of his life looking down at a cell phone? Kind of ironic, ain't it? How these touch screens can make us lose touch. But it's no wonder in a world filled with iMacs, iPads, and iPhones, so many eyes, so many selfies, not enough us's and we's. See, technology has made us more selfish and separate than ever. Because while it claims to connect us, connection has gotten no better. And let me express first, Mr. Zuckerberg, not to be rude, but you should reclassify Facebook to what it is, an anti-social network. Because while we may have big friend lists, so many of us are friendless all alone. Because friendships are more broken than the screens on our very phones. We sit at home on our computers measuring self-worth by numbers of followers and likes. Ignoring those who actually love us, it seems we'd rather write an angry post and talk to someone who might actually hug us. Am I bugging? You tell me, because I asked a friend the other day, let's meet up face to face. They said, all right, what time you want to Skype? I responded with OMG, SRS, and then a bunch of SMHs and realized, what about me? Do I not have the patience to have conversation without abbreviation? This is the generation of media overstimulation. Chats have been reduced to snaps. The news is 140 characters. Videos are six seconds at high speed. And you wonder why ADD is on the rise faster than 4G LTE, but... Get a load of this. Studies show the attention span of the average adult today is one second lower than that of a goldfish. So if you're one of the few people who are aquatic animals that have yet to click off or close this video, congratulations. Let me finish by saying you do have a choice. Yes, but this one, my friends, we cannot autocorrect. We must do it ourselves. Take control or be controlled. Make a decision. Me? No longer do I want to spoil a precious moment by recording it with a phone. I'm just going to keep them. I don't want to take a picture of all my meals anymore. I'm just going to eat them. I don't want the new app, the new software, or the new update. And if I want to post an old photo, who says I have to wait until Thursday? 
I'm so tired of performing in the pageantry of vanity And conforming to this accepted form of digital insanity Call me crazy, but I imagine a world where we smile when we have low batteries Cause that'll mean we'll be one bar closer to humanity I mean, think about that. You might have to go back and replay that to get the, the full message. But social media, how much of it controls us? How much lack of self-control do we have? So not only are, are we firing off mean, uh, mean tweets, which is, which is kind of ironic, don't you think? We got rid of a guy in the White House because of mean tweets. But yeah, we do the same thing. How hypocritical of us. Interesting. Mean tweets, bad. Got to vote for somebody else. People who normally wouldn't vote Democrat voted Democrat. I know a few people that voted Democrat because of mean tweets. But guess what? You're doing the same thing. Hypocrisy much? Self-control. How much time do we spend on there? We lack creativity because we're spending all our time on our phone. If you've ever seen the movie The Internship, it's about two guys that... uh, Vince Vaughn and uh, was it Owen Wilson? They get internships at Google. And one kid that's in it, young guy, he's always on his phone, always on his phone. And Owen Wilson's character makes the comment, there's a whole world just three inches up. Because he's always looking on his phone. Look up three inches. It's a whole different world out there. And that's what we do. Friendships are broken. How many broken friendships have you endured? Self-worth is based on likes. We've talked about that before. We like writing harsh posts rather than talking to real people. The things that you write, would you say that to someone in person? Probably not because you might get knocked out. But you're anonymous on the other side of a, of a phone or computer screen or whatever. But it comes down to the choice is yours. Are you going to choose to be in control? Are you going to enjoy the moment? Or are you going to be wrapped up in the phone? We've gotten into this digital insanity. That's really what it's become. You know, we talk about mental health issues. A lot of people talk about mental health issues recently, especially because of the lockdown, the masks and stuff, and a lot of people are having issues. But you know what? I think a lot of it has to do with social media. I think there's a digital insanity going on. And that's affecting people more than anything else. We need to check that. You know, enjoying the moment. He talks about not taking pictures of food and just eating. Not taking pictures of everything, but just enjoying the moment. I was told a story one time about John, uh, no, I'm sorry, Paul McCartney it was from the Beatles. It was Paul McCartney. He was in a concert or performing a concert. And somebody I knew had like third row tickets or something like that. Pretty impressive, right? Well, they were commenting as the story goes, about the people in front of them in the second and in the first rows, how you have Paul McCartney here, and they're watching the whole thing through their screen because they're videotaping it all. Paul McCartney, the legend, is right there. What, 10, 15 feet away, and you're getting it all on video? Why not just sit back and enjoy the moment? Watch him. Watch him perform live. You know, take in the moment so that we're not always just in this digitized world. It's okay to do that. It's okay to put the phone away and enjoy some things, whether it be a concert, whether it be a beach, whether it be something that we do as a hobby, whether it's hanging out with people. How many times you sit in a restaurant and you see everybody at the, the booth or at their table in the restaurant and all of them are on their phones? 
whole world three inches up. Conversation. We don't know how to have conversations anymore because we're too busy into our phones. Self-control, self-discipline, you know? We talk about having this pageantry of vanity. Sure, we all want to be liked. You know, and some of us, you know, have different reasons for why we want social media engagements. You know, sure, it's cool when I get people looking at, you know, clips that I put up of the, of the show, you know, or maybe other pictures or things that I put on there, you know, because as a creative person, you want people to appreciate that and to look at it, you know, so there's some of that. But then how many people really derive their self-worth from it? A lot of people. A lot of people don't get the likes, and so therefore it becomes problematic. Low battery. Do you freak out over low battery? 2%, 5%. How many people do you sit at the airport? See at the airport, and they're sitting on the floor, and they're up against the wall because they've got their phone plugged in. Now I guess we've got you know charging stations that are a little bit more pleasing to people. We can actually like sit at a table. The airport is the perfect place to people watch and to use your imagination and creativity because there's so many people coming and going, so much activity, and yet we're buried in our phone, firing off the mean tweets or trying to figure out who's updating what on social media. Is it really that important? I don't know. Maybe it is. You know, one of the other things that's kind of, I guess, fascinating about the stuff that goes on is that when you look at your mindset and you look at your self-control and you look at discipline, all that equals success. We talk about success all the time on the show as well. But if we're firing off mean tweets, what are we doing? Are we being successful? If we're lacking self-control, self-discipline, and I'm not even talking about like getting up at a certain time and going to work or making a commitment to go to the gym to get into shape, things like that. I'm talking about just overall in life. When people look at you, What do you want them to see? What do you want them to think of you as? And there's a lot of people that really don't have the mindset for that. They really don't have the makeup because we're too lost in it all, you know? In fact, I think the other day, now that comes to mind, I think the other day I read read somewhere where, you know, the everybody knew Twitter was like a toxic place. We all knew that. But I think uh, I read an article somewhere, it comes to mind right now that I'm thinking about it, um, that TikTok is starting to become known as a toxic place. You know, first it was just a place to, I guess, share content. And especially during the lockdown, it was a place to kind of go and be creative. And then, of course, like I said, I don't know what feed you guys get, but for some reason I'm on this, like, you know, half-naked people dancing around stuff. I don't know why. Um, and then all of a sudden it becomes now a lot of people I'm starting to see responding to negative comments. You know, there's been people on there that I've seen where, like, again, babies. You know, you see uh, babies that have maybe been born with uh, disabilities, defects, things like that, and people are posting mean things. I hope that baby dies. That baby better, is better off dead. Really? Or people in wheelchairs, paralysis, for one reason or another, trying to express their creativity on TikTok, and people saying mean things. Why do you care, first of all? That's the other thing I don't understand. Going back to, you know, we have a Supreme Court justice that's in the hospital and, and apparently some liberal-minded people want him to die so that they can change the Supreme Court back to, you know, being liberal, okay? And so they ramble off these things. And a couple of people have taken them down because they've been called out for it, which they should. But when you think about it, 
And you think about all the people during COVID. Are you masked up? Are you uh, pro-mask or are you pro-choice? Are you pro-vaccine, pro-choice? Pro-choice, people are like, hey, do what you want. The pro-mask, pro-vaccine, do it or die. Why are you guys so obsessed with, like, the other side wanting to die? You know, we saw that clip uh, that's been going around for a long time of Maxine Waters and, you know, Joe Biden and Cory Booker and a bunch of other people wanting to beat up Trump, take him out behind the gym or push back on them. You know, people going into restaurants and disrupting dinner because a conservative is eating there and they're chanting and yelling and screaming at them. Why are you guys so obsessed with that? Why are you so obsessed with violence and evil? Ever think about that? I mean, take a look at this whole January 6th thing, which is a sham, and that protest that supposedly went on. How many, how many acts of violence were there? There was one death, and that was someone who was shot by Capitol Police, an unarmed person. Okay? And then take a look at what happened during Black Lives Matter. How many cities burned? How many people were killed? How many people had taken over and broken the law and tried to break into police buildings? There's a difference. And yet, the people that burn down and riot in the name of one cause, they're celebrated. The vice president's out there trying to raise bail money to get them out. And then these other people that walked into the Capitol on January 6th, they're held without due process, still in jail, while Jesse Smollett is out, a felon, a convicted felon, is out walking the streets based on his appeal, trying to, you know, he's free. He's a convicted felon, and he's free, awaiting his appeal. Could you imagine if Derek Chauvin, the cop that allegedly killed George Floyd, was out free pending his appeal? My goodness, such hypocrisy in this world. But again, self-control. One group, maybe ill-advised, went into the Capitol, but they didn't destroy it. They didn't burn it down. The other side, lack of self-control, burning things down, killing people. So it happens in all different walks of life, business, success. It makes a difference. 99% of people are not willing to do what it takes to make their dreams come true. The Marines have a saying, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. The center of bringing any dream into fruition is self-discipline. You know, something as simple as food and eating, it's not about... Your, your body as much as it is about your mind. It's getting command of your mind to be able to choose actions that are in your own best interest. Every day, we are choosing shit that's not in our own best interest. So if the world is attacking you and the world wants to fight you and the world's trying to hold you down, so you're gonna kick yourself in the balls? So you're gonna stop yourself from getting what you dream. And I think the word discipline has kind of gotten a, a bad name. We think about it in terms of punishment. I'm not, I'm not talking about discipline in that way. I'm talking about discipline in the sense that you, you forego immediate pleasure for the exchange of long-term self-respect. I believe that self-discipline is 
the definition of self-love. That when you say that you love yourself, that means that you have behavior towards yourself that is loving. Self-discipline is the center of all material success. You cannot win the war against the world if you can't win the war against your own mind. Will Smith there, 99% won't do what it takes to make dreams come true. Comes down to uh, self-discipline, self-control. That's the key. Mindset is everything. Making bad decisions versus making good decisions. Feelings versus common sense, rationale, facts. You know, there's two different types of discipline. As they talk about discipline, you do something wrong, you get disciplined for it. And then there's the other thing, the not the punishment, but maintaining a pattern of behavior that benefits you. That's what, that's what real discipline is about. It's maintaining a pattern of behavior that benefits you. You can think about it like discipline is self-love. Do you love yourself enough that you're going to be in control? Not put yourself in a situation that's going to cause you more harm. Put you in a situation where life is going to be easier for you because you're doing what is hard, and that is having self-discipline, self-control, self-love, or you're just going to go hell's bells and make life harder for you because you're doing the easy thing. You're lacking self-control. You're eating everything now, and then when the summertime comes, you're not with your beach bod, and you're like, what happened? And you're embarrassed because you can't hit the beach in that new bathing suit or Speedo, bikini, whatever they wear today. You know, think about that. And so we got to take care of ourselves. got to think of it as self-love. So if you're going to sit there and fire off some mean tweets or clap back on somebody on TikTok or social media because of a video they posted, what if they did that to you? It probably did. That's the thing. 99% won't do what it takes to make dreams come true. So 99% of those people are just going to fire off whatever they want. Every inane thought that comes to mind. Sure. That person on TikTok probably, without getting into body shaming, probably, probably shouldn't be wearing that in that video. I get it. Probably doesn't work for them. But do we really need to post that? If a baby is born with birth defects, do we really need to call it ugly and wish it died? Why? What if someone did that to you? Have some self-control. Have some self-respect. Have some self-discipline. You know, the other thing, too, what it really comes down to, and the, the main point of this is when it comes to temper and anger. You know, we see it on social media a lot of times, people getting angry. We see it uh, in other places, too, where anger is used. We see it with coaches. I mean, how many coaches you know, are going through March Madness? How many coaches get mad and upset? Remember Bobby Knight chucking chairs? Apparently strangling players. You get coaches that are out there being abusive and bullies. I've known several. Fortunately, never really been coached by one. I know several coaches that are just abusive and bullies and losing temper. Remember, I don't know if you were growing up, but were you intimidated by people that had a temper? Were you intimidated by people that had anger issues? When I realized that losing your temper was a sign of weakness, 
as soon as I re- as soon as I made that connection, I, I said to myself, "This is weak. I'm gonna try not to do it anymore." And, and what's weird is when you're a kid. I don't know if you remember this, but when I was a kid, and you'd see someone get angry, and it, it made you afraid. Mm-hmm. And so for a while, I saw it as like a power. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of a way to achieve power mm-hmm. that you can lose your temper, and then all of a sudden you have this extra strength and. So when you're a little kid, and when I say a little kid, I mean when I was 13, 14 years old, I thought, hey, if I go, if I could get that rage going and people are scared like I used to feel, that's a positive thing. And then, like I said, as I got older, now now you're talking 16, 15, 16, 17, I realized, hey, this isn't. This isn't cool. This isn't strength. It's actually weakness. Mm-hmm. And when I realized it was weakness, and I didn't realize that overnight, but I started getting the idea that that was weakness. And now, when you see someone that is in control, and even when bad things are happening, they're they're you know they're they're standing stoically saying, "Okay, let me take another look at that, and I'll get it done." You know what I mean? When they're just yeah, yeah. okay, then you realize, okay, this guy is really unflappable, which is a lot more impressive. Are you unflappable? Are you impressive that way? How many times do you see movies, you know, maybe samurai movies or other type of movies that the person who is being attacked is calm and cool? And then you always see, like, the villain, like, maybe the movie Equalizer with Denzel Washington, calm, cool, collected, and the villain, the bad guy, is out of control, right? You have to be in control to... Get things done. You can't be out of control. You can't be in a frenzied state. If you're in a frenzied state of mind, you're not going to get anything accomplished. And if you do, it's not going to be anything good. You have to be calm. You have to have that inner zen, so to speak, to be able to look at everything that's going on, be able to analyze it, be able to rationalize it, take it all in, formulate your plan of attack, then go. I always thought it was interesting on the sideline of a football team you sit there during the game the game's going on there's all kinds of craziness going on you got special teams you got linemen you got running backs you got the offense you got the defense you've got so much stuff and it looks at some point that it's all chaos but the teams that are successful in that chaos it's all controlled it just looks like it from the untrained eye but everybody's calm cool collected they're out there doing their thing Maybe they're adjusting because something's not working or maybe they have to come up with a new plan of attack because their game plan isn't working, but they're calm, cool, and collected. They have those other coaches that are going upset willy-nilly and you're losing. No game plan. You have to be in control. But losing your temper is a sign of weakness. Anger is not power. Intimidation is bullying. People who are in control, impressive. Do you want to be someone who's impressive? Someone who's sitting there in whatever stress-induced environment or the pressure cooker, and you're in control? You're going to get whatever it is that needs to be done, you're going to get it done? Or you can get frustrated, angry, to the point where if you even do get something accomplished, it's not going to be very good. Maybe you strain relationships because 
the nerves are fried because you didn't handle it, because you lack self-control, self-discipline, self-love. People in control are impressive in the movies. It's even demonstrated in Hollywood. By the way, that clip was uh, Jocko Wilnick. You can check him out if you want to. But the other thing, too, when it comes to self-control, self-discipline, self-regulation versus being out of control, lacking self-control, what if you're trying to achieve goals? What if you're trying to achieve success? What if you're trying to achieve something? Can you do that if you're out of control? Can you get a message across if you're out of control? Or if, you're, if you have self-control, like we heard earlier, 99% won't do what it takes to make their dreams come true. But what if you did have self-control? What makes people able to achieve their goals? There could be many answers to this question, but at least one of those factors is undoubtedly self-control. In the late 1960s, Stanford researchers ran a series of experiments to see how children would cope with delayed gratification. This is when you choose to give up an instant reward for a greater future benefit. For example, avoiding that muffin now so you can look good on the beach. Or choosing not to play with your friends so you can study for an upcoming exam. So going back to our Stanford experiment, a child, let's call him Timmy, was left alone in the room with one marshmallow. They told Timmy that if the marshmallow was still there when the researcher came back, he would get another marshmallow as a bonus. Double the reward just for waiting? Who wouldn't take up that deal? But then again, that's easier said than done. As you can imagine, little Timmy struggled with his inner demons, striving to triumph against temptation. His rational brain was telling him that waiting was the correct choice. At the end of the experiment, some children were able to resist the temptation while others couldn't stop themselves from taking a bite of that sugary treat. Some cheeky kids even tried to eat small parts of the marshmallow with hopes of not getting caught. Several years passed and the researchers revisited these children to see how they were doing. As it turns out, the children who were able to wait longer were more likely to have better academic results and their parents rated them as having higher tolerance for stress, ability to plan and reason, and exhibit self-control in frustrating situations. Many years later they went back to these same children, but now they were in their 40s. They were tested once more on their willpower and self-control. The results were in. Even after several decades, the people who showed strong self-control as children continued this trend well into their adulthood. So the marshmallow test conducted by Stanford was an experiment. They put a marshmallow and see if the kid will eat it. If he does, he doesn't get the extra marshmallow when they come back. But if he doesn't eat it, then he gets a bonus marshmallow. Instant gratification versus delayed gratification. We are a society of instant gratification, no doubt about that. People cannot resist temptation. They can't resist firing off the mean tweet. They can't resist saying something ugly. They can't resist dying on their ideological sword, even though they know that the person they voted for isn't living up to what they thought or wanted even? Or they can't control themselves because they need it now versus later? No one wants to work for anything anymore. They want it to be handed to them. I know a guy who complains all the time, does all these videos on YouTube complaining about life. He wants everything handed to him. He doesn't think that's what he wants. He tries to 
disguise it in his videos as he blabs on about the horrors of life, but he wants instant gratification. Nobody wants to earn anything anymore. You know, we're doing away with education. We're doing away with grades. We're doing away with valedictorians. For what? We're doing away with education. We're not educating people because we don't want them to strive to do more. We don't want to, we don't want them to strive to gain knowledge. We don't want them to, we can't hurt the people's feelings that might not be as smart because not because they're not as smart. They just don't want to do the work. There's a difference. There's a difference between somebody not being able to understand something and somebody not being able to do the work. And you're rewarding people not doing the work instead of the people doing the work. Everybody wants things now. So if you're able to resist temptation, if you're able to have self-control, the study showed that these uh, kids that were toddlers, as they got older and became older children, they had better academics. They had a higher tolerance for stress. They were able to plan and reason more. They had better self-control. And as they went into adulthood, it carried on. Probably more successful in life. Still able to handle the pressure cooker of being an adult, adulting, getting things done, self-control, and it came down to willpower. They had better willpower. And that's what it's about. It's about having the willpower not to indulge in the instant gratification, whatever it might be, but being able to know that if I make these better decisions, delayed gratification will be better. The reward will be better. The result will be better. My life will be better. My social media experience will be better. I won't have so much stress and negativity. If I count to 10 before I hit send, I might think, well, that's not a good thing to do, so I'm not going to do it. Got to think about that. Got to think about those things, you know, because again, the show comes down to a few key words. My goal is to try to inspire you to do better, to motivate you to go out and do it, to be successful, to take your passion, make it happen, and let yourself be great because it's greatness that we're really trying to achieve through our self-control. It's inspiring others is what we're trying to achieve in self-control, as Kobe Bryant says in this clip. I think the definition of greatness is to inspire the people next to you. Yeah, I think that's what greatness is or should be. It's not something that's, that, that lives and dies with one person. Mm. It's how can you inspire a person to then in turn inspire another person that yeah. then inspires another person. And that's how you create something that I think lasts forever. Yeah. And uh, I think that's our challenge as people is to, um, is to figure out how our story can impact others and mm. motivate them in a way to create their own greatness. The definition of greatness, inspiring others to be great so that then they inspire others to be great and so on and so on and so on. So the challenge is to impact others to create their own greatness. So how can you do that if you're lacking self-control? Success, one of the steps is having self-control. 99% of the people won't do what it takes to be successful. So if we're trying to inspire and motivate others, if we're trying to raise the standard bring out that inner greatness, then we have to have our lives in control. We have to have self-control so that then we can inspire others not to send mean tweets or 
inspire others not to say things of negativity, but be more, be more positive. Because then maybe someone else picks up on that. And then they repeat the process. And then someone sees what they did. And someone else saw what they did. And now all of a sudden we've got a Pantene commercial, so on and so on and so on. And one way we can do that, how can we do that? Think about it. Self-control, trying not to take others down, not tearing other people down, trying to be successful, trying to inspire others, trying to bring out inner greatness. All the things that we talked about on the show, is there one thing that we can do that could sum up, like something to focus on, right? We want to be in self-control. We want to bring out inner greatness. We want to inspire others. We don't want to be that bad person on social media. We don't want to wish death on somebody. All these things that we're talking about, what's the one thing? Be kind. Kindness. It all comes down to being kind one to another. In a world where you can be anything, be kind. Choose to be the change you wish to see in the world. Decide you will not wait for someone else. You will set the example. Be kind. Because you never know how much that person is suffering inside. You never know the difference your words can make. The difference your presence can make. The difference you can make to one human life. Be the reason someone believes in the goodness of humanity. Be the reason someone else decides to make a difference in others. Be the influence you want to see more of. Always do what is right. Not what is easy in the moment. Kindness spreads like a virus. When you do good to another, that person does better to those they come in contact with. You really can make a big difference in the world today and every other day. Be the change you want to see. Be the difference. Set the example. You don't like what you see on social media? Be the change. Maybe throw out some encouraging words, encouraging posts. If there's something that you disagree with or you don't like, maybe just skip it and move on. Maybe you put your focus on positivity and not toxicity. Words matter. Think about that. Words matter, and they do make a difference. The old saying, sticks and stones. They break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Words can cut deep. Words matter. Make those words positive. Be a positive influence. Make the difference that you want to see. Be the change that you want to see. Like Michael Jackson said, starting with the man in the mirror, the woman in the mirror, the person in the mirror. Be the reason, be the influence that that change is made. It's not going to be easy. But again, if life is, if we do the things that are hard, life will be easy. If we do the things that are easy, life will be hard. So it's not going to be easy. So do the hard things. Do the things that set the example. Do the things that affect change. Do the things that have encouraging words. Do the things that make a difference. Be the reason. Be the influence. Be the difference. That's what it comes down to. So the one thing we can take is kindness. Being kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving. Something to think about. Be kind. Do nice things to others. Be tender-hearted. Don't be mean. Don't wish death upon other people because you disagree with their ideology. 
Be kind, be tenderhearted, forgiving. Somebody does something or says something or posts something that you don't like, that you disagree with, that makes you upset. Maybe it's a personal attack on you. Maybe forgive them and move on because do you really know them? Do you really care what a stranger says? I mean, think about it. Self-control. Having the ability. Mindset is everything. Rationalizing. Reasoning. Versus emotions. It's a big difference. Feelings will get us into trouble. But having a sound mind will keep us out of trouble. Have a sound mind. It's okay to have emotions too. You have to have a mixture. We're all human. Humans have a mixture of emotions, but we can also have common sense and a sound mind so that we can make good decisions so that whatever we do, whatever we're going through, so we have a disagreement with somebody, do we have to really break up that friendship? Do we have to call them names, talk bad about them? Or can we still be friends and have differences in ideology? That's something that's up to you. Are you going to be the one that makes the change? That is the difference. That's the example, the reason. Bringing out your inner greatness so that you can inspire others. Then others bring out their inner greatness, raising the standard. Inspiring others equals greatness. So be the change you want to see. Set the example. Words do matter. They do make a difference. You be the reason. Be the influence. It's not going to be easy, but you can be the difference. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. Check us out, our website, RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. You can check out uh, previous shows. All our shows are on RadioWarp.com. You can catch us Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Pacific, live on RadioWarp.com. And then there's some other great things going on at RadioWarp.com, like uh, music that plays 24-7 and some other podcasts that are on there. Our Instagram page is TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. My personal page, Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. There is a Linktree link in both bios that will take you to various things like RadioWarp.com, also our YouTube and SoundCloud if you want to subscribe and never miss an episode. There's a swag shop if you want to get some cool merchandise like this awesome T-shirt. There's hats. There's all kinds of things, drinkware, um, you name it, it's on there. Summer's coming, so there's some cool summer stuff as well. And uh, again, just uh, be the difference that you want to see. Be the person, the change. Make a difference in the world. Because as we continue moving forward, things can either continue down a path that's destructive towards other people, or it could be down a path that lifts people up. And we're all better off in a world of positivity over toxicity. Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. Take your passion. Make it happen. Let yourself be great. And until next time, God bless.